It's that time again. It's time for another Extra Bases with Bristol and Booth. And Jeremy is already shaking his head. Jeremy, I haven't even done the introduction yet. So I guess I guess I want I guess you want me to go right into the draft of the hometown team. And um, Jeremy, what are your impressions of the Astros draft? I, I feel like I'm flashing back, you know, three or four years with this. And my question would be, was there a draft? And did the Astros participate? I don't know what's going on. I, I don't know what they're thinking. Um, you know, I, I say that. Look, they got they took a couple of guys that are interesting. But, I mean, you know, again, the impact. And I hate saying that because two of their guys, you know, have been in our stuff. Like, two of their guys are, have tools that I like. But I – oops. I mean, I, I don't know. 19 picks, you know, they had what, – what they really get? I mean – I, I'm stuck. Like I'm stuck. I don't. I don't know what we got here. You know. I maybe I'll, I'll ask Chris next time he, I talk to him if he ever wants to talk to me again. I'll ask him what you know what what we're doing. But you got like Tyler Whitaker, um, their first pick. You know, look, Tyler's an interesting. He's interesting. Now, if he hits, you might have a Todd Frazier type of player. Uh, if he doesn't hit, you're looking at Jake Hager. Um, you know, it's going to be. An interesting, it's interesting for their first pick. That's where they went, and and, and that's Chris what's interesting. And when you talk about Whitaker, I mean, one of the f- things that you read in a scouting report from Baseball America is the hit tool is a bit questionable. Yeah, the power's there and the ath- athleticism and and some speed, but then again, Jeremy, you're not taking the guy in the first round. You're taking him in the third. So shouldn't the Astros get a pass? considering where they took him, I mean, you're not talking about a first-round pick here. Well, Ryan Spikes went in the third round to Tampa Bay, and he's very easily a competitive balance pick. And a guy can end up being Brandon Phillips, you know, and Josh Harrison. It still comes down to your your scouting staff. It comes down to what, you, what you're doing. It comes down to your philosophy. You know, and the Astros for the last half a decade, at least seven, eight years, haven't drafted well. I mean, these are the same guys that fought for um, Corey Lee and Seth Beer and, like, oops, right? I mean, we, you know, what, what was that? It took Seth Beer over Noah Naylor. Weren't we in studio for that? And I was like, what are we doing? There's that pick, right? How's that working out? What, should we go back and look? You know, I mean, we, we got Corey Lee – and Corey Lee, I, I was I was I was actually upset about that because they had other people on the board. It was like, you know, we're gonna not we're just gonna take this dude because we feel like it, because we gotta be smarter than everybody else. How's that worked out? Right? So I mean, I don't I don't look at I don't look at what they're doing for impact and I I wonder where it is. Now that said, Tyler Whitaker's a high school player. He does have some upside. You know, in the third round, there's going to be a little more, more risk in theory than the first round. But lots of times those guys with more risk um, are the ones that end up hitting big later on. So maybe they have something there. You know, well, let, let's see. In any event, in the third round, that's a decent pick. But, um, you know, I still look for the Astros to find some kind of upside every single round. And while they did that a couple of times as a whole, the 19 picks are, are, are not – I believe your word from the last, you know, several years, Jason, has been underwhelming. Underwhelming. Yeah, I would say underwhelming again. Uh, interesting, though, you say Corey Lee and you mentioned, well, where where has that gotten them? Listen, man, Corey Lee right now. I mean, you're talking 313, 10 homers, 32 runs driven in and an OPS of 892 in double A. It 
that's pretty good, isn't it? I mean, we knew he could, we knew he was an upside down catcher. It was it was power over hit. It was throw over catch. We said that then. Um, you know, the numbers would bear out that he's making some pretty good contact right now, but the power is not never a question. He had the power, right? The question you're going to have is where is he going to play? Is he middle of the diamond defender? You drafted a bat. When they drafted him, they sold him as a this guy's an everyday frontline catcher. Well, is he? Is he or is he is he a bat? Right? We talked about power. So you know, I don't think they. They know what they have half the time, which is which is part of the problem. Now that said, again, Corey Lee's in Double A. He's got some strength, but he's not in the big leagues yet. He's not arrived yet. And and um, you know, to their to their credit, they've made some changes in their player development philosophy, thrown away some of the things that weren't working. Let's say that you know a, a, a baseball analyst and an Emmy Award winner may have said weren't working for the last several years. They've now gotten rid of those things. So. Um, you know, it, it's possible that there's some progress being made, but I st- the impact is still there. Three t- 313 and 10 in double A is great. It's a good start, but where's the, you know, the impact's got to show up and it has to show up in a big way. How many of these guys that the Astros took, you've had two of them were part of New Balance Future Stars series? Correct. Uh, I'm guessing that would be Justin Williams, the third baseman, who is um, from Pennsylvania. I remember, I think, when he was a high school player. And then Jackson Lynn, would that be the guy? Yeah, Jackson Lynn from Boston. Now, this is an interesting guy. Now, first of all, he's, he's LOI to Tulane, which means he's going to you know, be part of the green wave, in theory, unless the Astros can sign him. Um, I don't see how they're going to sign the kid, personally. Okay, We'll see. Things happen all the time. I don't see. Okay, But – um, Jackson Lynn's pretty interesting. He's, he's got extremely quick core. He's an analytic uh, darling. He's going to score off the charts. He's got a good arm. He's up, up to 94 and my, and right in front of me. Um, you know, the pitch metrics are going to be good. The athleticism metrics are going to be good. But he, the, the, the baseball play skill is just a huge unknown, right? It's a huge unknown. This guy literally came out of nowhere uh, and, and jumped on the scene. You know, he seems to be a pretty mature kid. I was able to spend some time with him in Boston. We've got uh, so, uh, the mutual network up in, in the Northeast, uh, which obviously I've spent some time in that community. You know, we've discussed that at length that this time I've spent in the Northeast and um, they like him a lot, whether it's, it's again, physically, athletically, mentally, tool wise, but the, again, the baseball skill functions is a long ways away. That said, that's an interesting pick. If you can get that in the 20th round, that's a pretty good job. That's a pretty good job. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with him. He's an, he's the most interesting guy on in the list for me. I feel like Bryant Salgado, 14th round out of Oregon State. He's put up some decent numbers. I, I, I think he major league reliever, which is nothing wrong to get somebody out of the 14th round. Um, but the rest of the, the guys, again, um, I hate to use that word again, but underwhelming. Certainly the big story out of Tuesday's selections was Will Wagner, the son of Billy Wagner, he was drafted in the 18th round, a second baseman out of Liberty. Um, I also thought it was interesting that it was two high school players to start for Houston because, I mean, since James Click has been here, it hasn't been college heavy like it used to be under the previous regime. Well, Click's Tampa Bay, right? I mean, Tampa Bay does a good job of scouting. You know, James is going to give them a little more free reign to do what they want to do. Chris still has to make the pick, but James Click's going to turn around and say, find me impact, find me some, some athleticism, find me some upside, find me something to grow with, give me a balance. Um, you know, at some point, look, numbers, analytics are great, 
later in the draft because they can find things you can't see. They should be unearthing things there. The bigger tools are always going to come off the board first. And so you don't need analytics to, to show you those tools. You need analytics to show you things you can't see. So you get a, a player like uh, the 14th rounder from Oregon State. Yeah, that might make some sense there, right? I just said Jackson Lynn is an analytical darling. You know, Justin Williams is going to score well with big power. He does have big power. He's a plus defender. Uh, you know, he can really throw if he can convert to the mound, if it doesn't work at third base. I mean, he's got some things he can do. And there's going to be some players in this draft that I would qualify as interesting. I just wouldn't see the impact as of yet of maybe more than one or two guys. Quincy Hamilton, I think, would fall under interesting playing for Wright State. Horizon League Player of the Year. You're talking 374, 15 homers, 56 runs driven in. That is interesting in the fifth round. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, the Arigetti kid was interesting, too. I think he was in the sixth round, right? At yep. Lafayette, mm -hmm. right? Uh, he's a Cinco Ranch high school kid. I had happened to see him a little bit in high school. Just happened to run across him, whether it was our events or just being in the area, but he's going to be interesting. Um, you know, but that's it. They, they're going to have a draft class. It's going to be, see what we get, you know? It's going to be, it's a bunch of interestings. Yeah, it's a bunch of interesting. At some point, you got to be like, what do we got? Like, what do we really got, you know? And um, the system isn't very good. So uh, they're going to be, and the, the Astros are going to be okay for a couple more years. That window is going to extend by the way they're playing baseball with Click and with, and with Dusty Baker and some of the core that they have. So, um, they're going to be picking in the back of the first round, at least in the back seven or eight for a little while. And they're going to have to, um, they're going to have to get a little bit better with their scouting staff as a whole. Once they get that first round pick back and that second round pick. And you know what, Jason, as I said, say that they had a comp pick last year that came back for who was it last year? They lost it for last year was the first year lost first, uh, first year of the lost first rounder. And they had a free agent. They got a comp pick for So then they pick in the, in the, in the comp round or did they lose that first round altogether? I thought they lost the first round altogether. They had somebody after that. And this year they lost Springer. That was this year, right? Yeah. Okay. Where did they pick for that, third round? Yes, I believe so. Right. So they, they're getting picks back. They may not be getting one back, but they're getting picks back. And next year I think this is all over. So we're back to normal drafting. So we'll, we'll have to see what they do turn around next year. Um, they're going to win for a little bit. As of yet, this Astros – scouting staff as it's left has well it's been underwhelming biggest surprise of the draft for you Ooh, i stumped him i didn't stump him just jeremy has to think yeah, about it and I, I don't want to say this um because it's really not one player okay the first round really seemed to go towards signability and a big run on high school kids um, there's a couple of kids that are players that I think are going to get the money they were looking for. And that's because they weren't going to sign otherwise. One of them is Kumar Rocker. He's going to, you know, he was, did this out of high school. I, I want a gajillion dollars, kind of that Dr. Evil thing, right. And on uh, Austin Powers, you know, I'm not for a hundred billion dollars. That's Kumar Rocker. Like, Oh, you got a hundred billion dollars in your pool. I want 101. Okay. That's him. And so like Brady house, you know, we'll see if he really wants to play. Um, people that are only playing for money and for fame usually don't get the impact they can out of it. You got to have a little more hunger, but, you know, we'll see if he wants to do that. He went right behind him. He's going to get paid. But there, there seemed to be more of a run on, on 
you know, signability and, and, and deal making and, and things like that. And then before, and that could be because of the COVID era. It could just be because of the way the draft un, unfolded, but a lot of teams seem to do that. Colton Cowser, first rounder going at five, a little rich. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, for a long time, the Rangers were connected to both Jack Leiter and Lawler. I know, I know Lawler wasn't taking a shave. That wasn't happening. They took Leiter. Now I'm not saying that Leiter is, doesn't belong to go to. I'm just saying that he was the player that was willing to take the money and he turn around and you get Ty Madden, Isaac Pacheco after that, which I promise you Pacheco wasn't taking a shave. Okay. So you have to get creative with lighter and you have to get creative with Pacheco and then Madden after that, who most people saw in the first 15, 16 picks now goes 32. Um, I'm not saying that was why lighter at two, but they got three players instead of one. So um, that was the biggest deal of the draft is how far that run on savings went. It looks like Skip Bayless says every team will regret passing on Rocker. And I think he already has a deal in place. Well, listen, basically all these guys have deals in place already with their team that drafted them, right, in the first round. Yeah, I had this discussion with somebody else about another player. And they said, oh, you know, I think he's going to end up passing up, you know, the team and going to school. And I said, look, if you're taking the first 10 rounds in this draft, the signability is done before you take them. You know, it's even an extra phone call. Hey, we good here? We good? Like in, in the first round, I've stood next to our scouting director says, hey, we want to take your guy. Are we good at this number? You know, oh, you changed your mind? Cool. We're going to the next guy. Because you don't want to lose that pick. You don't want to do it. So all these guys are signing. Pacheco's going to sign. Uh, House is going to sign. Lawler's going to sign. Just, they're all signing. You know, I, I heard from a couple of guys today after the 10th round, they had their money done yesterday in the sixth round and they're signing. You know, it's done. So most of these guys are going to sign pretty quickly. Um, yeah, Rocker's going to sign. He's going to take the money. Lider's going to sign. He's going to take the money. Um, you know, Vanderbilt will still be good next year for all you Vandy boys fans. They'll still be good. Um, you know, but that, these guys are these guys are all signed. Where where are they going to play though? Because we don't have short season teams anymore. Well, um, it's funny that you brought that up. There's been. Because, you know, there's all this talk about the draft league. And hey, so before, the draft this, league had how many kids drafted, <laughs> roughly? About 36 works out to 0.064% of the draft. So the draft league works but wouldn't out that to be, don't, that's not terrible. That's not terrible for the first, first oh, time. Hold on, it's terrible. If you're in the draft league, everybody in that league should be a draft pick. I mean, what are you doing? It's, a draft. it's the draft league. And certainly, you know, with the people you're working with, if not everybody in the league is a draft pick, 36 is all you got? Now, who's picking the players? Oh, wait, don't answer that because I can answer that for you. And it's not – it's it's people who report, you know, they prepare things. They might mix in some baseball, but they're not – they don't scout. And they're just turning – people are leaving that league like they're running away from a flood. It's like, oh, there's a hurricane coming. Let's get out of the draft league. You know, college coaches are calling and saying, hey, my guy's shutting down. And GM's like, I know, everybody's shutting down. Nobody wants to be here, okay? It's it's, it's spread around. We talked about this in, in December. We talked about this in January. We talked about, And we just talked about this all the time. And that's what's happened is that the draft league has had 0.064%. How, how do you do that? We had 28 guys through our stuff 
drafted and we don't have the major league baseball logo next to us we don't have this harold reynolds oh this is the best thing since sliced bread the draft league before we had bread we had that's that's harold that's how he does it they did all this fanfare you and i did 45 minutes on that just by itself just like on itself 45 minutes 36 guys is all you got i thought this was supposed to be the best thing that ever happened you got to be kidding me Come on, 36? I got 28. We got 28, dude. We got we don't have half the stuff you guys do. But they do have you, Jeremy. Well, yeah, we do. We do. We got, we got other guys too. We got a pretty good crew over here. Uh and I and I'm not putting those guys, I'm just saying, you know, back to the, where these players are gonna go. So yeah, I mean, is it possible that I mean they're they're these these short season teams are gone and you have low A teams, but those are already stuck. So do you send these guys just to extended what, what we all know is extended spring training, basically those sites. So, so, I mean, it's possible that I can make an Atlantic league comeback too, but it's not going to happen, you know? And so, and so I'm looking at this and I, I'm thinking to myself, all right, we talked about this when this came out, the, the, the league said, Hey, we want you to take our guys and we want you to send them to the draft after the draft, uh, their draft to leave them in the draft league and we'll develop them. And I was like, eh, not going to happen. And everybody after every club I've talked to has laughed that out of the, no pun intended, the ballpark. They just laughed it to the moon. And, and so when you're looking at um, what these guys are doing up there, there was a plan that Mike Elias, Dave Stearns and Voldemort came up with. And what they put together was, they want these players to be in the complex and everybody's going to report in August and they'll kind of go through instructional league and take the summer off. And I think actually while major league baseball is now literally walking back everything they put out there that you and I sliced and diced and slashed and broke down and talked about why we didn't like it and why it was terrible. And they, Oh, this is great. No, now they're walking it back, right? They said no runner on second base in the 10th. Inning anymore. They say no more seven inning double headers. That's just a start. They're going to try this this year, see if it works, and then they're going to walk that back too. And you might see some of these teams in the draft league. You might see some of these teams turn around and become affiliates again. And then you, you know, I have some places for these guys to go. How you contracted, you know, I don't know how, I don't remember the exact number of teams. They contracted so many teams now, they draft these players and have anywhere to put them. And you saw it in the draft philosophies, right? The Angels, for the first time in the history of man, draft didn't draft a position player. Like, how do you go through a draft and not draft a position player? My buddy Ray Montgomery, one of my mentors, I sent him a text and I said, if you tell me, well, I'll tell you what I sent him. I said, if you tell me that you have, if you tell me every selection of a pitcher isn't a first for you, I officially quit. That's what I told him, okay? How are you going to draft 20 pitchers in a row? 20. All right. That's the, but that's what they did. They drafted for organizational need instead of drafting the best player available because you got nowhere putting these guys. Right. These arms, you can plug them right in somewhere and find an affiliate or an extended because you don't have any. So, I mean, it's, 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 it's an interesting dynamic that's been created. They could end up in the draft league. I highly doubt it. I think a more likely scenario is they don't report to the complex. They have till August 1st to sign guys. They have a whole month after that until the minor league season ends, right? September 1st, September 10th. Michael, a couple of weeks late this year. Nothing wrong with reporting the complex, in, you know, six weeks later. That's all. I remember late 90s, early 2000s. There was the Maryland Fall League, I think. Is that right? There was a Florida League and there was a California League. 
that was the winter or winter leagues on top of the Arizona fall league. I had a couple of buddies that played in each. No. Um, so Maryland fall baseball was a professional league located in Maryland, Delaware, Delmarva, uh, affiliated with major league baseball. And essentially you had four teams. I wouldn't be surprised if major league baseball starts. Maybe that will be another draft league for almost like an Arizona fall league where you put a bunch of guys in a, in a draft league, or do you think that's just not, um, or let me, excuse, excuse me, a just drafted league, not the draft league. This will be the just drafted league or will it, the cost just are too much to do something like that. Well, you know, first of all, it, it's good to call it a just drafted league instead of the, well, the other thing, because these players actually have prospects and those leagues would have prospects in it. The draft league doesn't have, well, prospects in it so this other one does now it, it would make sense to me to pop up some of these leagues both in the complexes that was florida before a california winter league would make a lot of sense to me just would because they you know travels pretty easy in the cal league and use those ballparks um you know and then something like that in the east coast would make sense too i don't know that the clubs really want to do that i don't think they know what they're doing and i'm not saying that to be um you know uh uh well, I mean, to be off, to be, to be flipping about it, I just don't think they know what they're doing. I legitimately don't know if I'm a team right now and I got players put in my system, I'm trying to go back to a, to a player development system that I know works that Rob Manfred and the commissioner's office have told me I'm basically not allowed to run anymore. Now they didn't say that, you know, verbatim, but I've now got to work within a construct that doesn't make any sense. This draft today, even just going to that for a second, the draft concluded today. Okay, it's July 13th. You know what was yesterday? The Futures game. You know what this was the day before that? Uh, or yesterday was Homer and Derby. The day before that was Futures game. The day before that was the Major League uh, All-American game for the 22s, right? Today's the All-Star game. How are you going to pack all that into four days and the draft? Like, you want to give the draft all this attention. You want to be able to have a minor league season. But you, do you think the people in Major League Baseball pay attention to the draft? They're not. Scout directors can't go watch their guys in the Futures game. They can't do anything with the All-American game. You can't amateur scout that. Why? Because you're still doing the draft. So I don't think anybody knows what they're doing yet. And I, so it's really hard to predict it because I know that my plan would be very fluid. It'd be very fluid. I don't think there's anything popping up this fall, but I'd tell all my guys stay home till September. And when September 1 hits, you all come to the complex and plan to be there till November. That's what I'd say. You got two months, maybe two and a half, and you go home for Thanksgiving. See you back February 15th. Because I got to make up a minor league season of getting guys adjusted. I no longer have. So each team's going to have a different way to approach it. But, um, you know, eventually, and by eventually, I mean in a year from now, it's very possible to see those leagues pop up again. Well, you know, it's, I know one of the, one of the big selling points for Major League Baseball was to improve the, I guess, living conditions of minor leaguers. That was one of the uh, one of the real talking points that Major League Baseball was presenting about this contraction and what it would mean for better working conditions for the players. And boy, that's really worked out, huh? Um, some, of the story, some of the stories that we've seen, I think, are actually worse than when we had the old minor league system. Um. I don't know, Jason. The only story I'm, I'm still thinking of is the new propaganda that Michael Elias put out the other day, which was just unbelievable to see this. How much we got to do with it? I mean, you know, hey, Mike said we're going to win. More, we're going to try to win more next year. 
Well, he also said that they built one of the finest farm systems in baseball. Um, okay. But he said they're going to try to win more next year, Jason. So I, I, it's news to me that a major league baseball team would have to win games. Is that the goal? Is that, I'm just, that helped me understand where I may have been going wrong before. Mike Elias has enlightened us. They might have to win games now. Hmm. Okay. So, huh, I'm doing it all wrong. I've been doing it. I have been doing it all wrong. I thought the idea was just to show up to the ballpark every day and shoot videos and say how great your facilities were and tell people how great your farm your farm system is, you know. And then uh, that's it. You know, whatever happens happens from there. You just keep buying time. Hey, how's that Indians plan working out? And I have there's some good dudes over there, right? Some good people over there. How many World Series did I miss the parades? Did I miss the Indians parades? How many World Series they got? Is that? But they keep reinventing themselves with prospects, and we're going to get to the big leagues. And, and look, they, they do a really good job drafting, so I can't, I can't beat them up for that. Scott Barnes and his crew do a good job drafting. But um, where's the parades? Jason, let me ask you, prospects or parades? Which one do you want? Uh, and I love prospects, but I, I think most baseball fans want a parade. Yeah, or, or several. At some point, you know, there's people in uh, Boston and Chicago that died without seeing it, you know, parades matter. So um, <clears throat> they may have an okay farm system and it's okay. It's better than it was, but you know, we talked about, it, it's not hard to be better than it was, but there's nothing that's going on. That's going to go ahead and break the, um, you know, break the bank. Uh, Mike Elias said, we are building one of them. We've been building. We've been building. One of the elite farm systems in the game. And they drafted a dominant high-impact college player in Colton Kowser, who put up really good numbers and has put up great numbers as a junior or what would be his, I guess, third, his third full season, not counting 2020 because it wasn't a full season. But um, I would imagine he took a less a lesser deal, right? I mean, the slot, I think, was $6.1 million. I would say he took a shave. Let me, let's say like this. Five and a half? Life. You think five? Like five and a half? Yeah. 5.7? Four. Yeah, five. Probably a million off. Let, let, me, let me say it to you this way, okay? Michael Elias is the same guy. And by the way, I did see that, but he looks like he's aged a little bit in Baltimore. He has, okay? But Michael Elias is the same guy, you know, and I saw first I saw him with Devitt Moore, so it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me that – this is what came out of his mouth. Mike called Seth Beer, his production at Clemson, historic. Okay, so if I was Mike, I'd be careful with the superlatives, okay? Because the only thing about Seth Beer's career that's historic is it's actually just a part of history. There's nothing there that makes it better than what other people were doing. It just actually occurred. So it's technically historic, okay? So if I'm talking about Colton Cowser and I'm saying, oh, you know, he's this and he's that. Mm, I'd be careful. Come on. Kerstad last year, Kerstad last year, this guy is supposed to be the, the he's supposed to be Babe Ruth, right? He's supposed to be Babe Ruth. Careful. Let's not anoint people just yet. 
Uh, and you never want to anoint your own system. Let other people do it for you, like uh, Bobby Heck and those guys used to do. So uh, Jack Zarensic used to let people anoint your system. The Twins crew, anoint the Royals. You didn't hear them singing their praises. They didn't have to do it. So it's usually a sign of we're not as good as you, as I think we are, as I want you to believe, when you start talking. Now, that said, we talked about Kowser. Talked about his somewhere around 12 to 20 range, 12 to 15, maybe a little bit better. Let's say his first opportunity to be drafted was nine, okay, and he went five. Well, the difference between five and nine is X dollars, whatever that is. He's going to get more than more than the nine, but less than five, and whatever that comes out to is what it comes out to. So, you know, if it's uh, what do you say it was six million, six point one. So what let's say let's just say nine for argument's sake was probably what five two, somewhere there five five million. So somewhere in the middle of that, you know, that's what he's going to get. I don't think Hunter has played a game yet in professional baseball. He has not. He's had some health issues reportedly. So, yeah, the Astro, uh, the Orioles' first-round pick from 2020 hasn't played a game yet. How about Kerstad? Yes. Not one game. Not one game. He's had health issues. Wasn't he supposed to be baseball Jesus? I, I don't know if I'd go that far, but – they had a, um, according to MLB.com, some sort of viral infection that causes inf inflammation of the heart muscle. So uh, he'll require months-long buildup before returning to game action due to this condition. That's per Jim Callis. So that article came out back in April, and he still hasn't played a game yet. Well, you feel bad if you feel bad for Kerstad because you don't wish that on anybody. So if that's for real, then you want him to be as healthy as possible. Yep. Um, and take your time. But prove prove your worth on the field. Yeah. That's you know, let's let's not let's let's knock it off with the anointing. The good news about Kowser is he's a hungry player. Mm -hmm. So as long as he stays healthy, he's gonna go out and compete. Rutschman com competes. Um, you know, he's he was in the futures game, I believe, you know. So he's you know, they they've got some they got some things that are there, but they're not in the big leagues yet. They're just not. Cows are just started, and Kirsten hasn't played a game. So this is Mike Elias's third year as the GM. He got the job in the fall of 18, correct, after they got eliminated by the Red Sox. Um, so that would mean – because you and I, the last time we were in the World Series together was 19. It's already been two years from that, right? So 19. So 18 he was – so 19 his first draft was Rutschman. 20 was Kerstad, and 21 and – there, and there's more than that. There's more than that that he's drafted besides those three players at the top. But, you know, 21 is, a, is Colton Kowser. It's three college kids in a row. It is – I think Rutschman was one, Kerstad was two, Kowser is five. So it's three top five picks. Um, the last time he picked that high – so I just, you know, let, let's see. Let's see first. You know, he's also got two years left on his deal. So if he doesn't actually try to win more next year, that might actually, that might change. So he's going to have to do that. And some of that robust, fast of the big leagues farm system, again, 2020 being a, a punted year for everybody, Rutschman better show up soon. Otherwise we got some explaining to do. All right, Jeremy, you know, last time I said, oh, an abbreviated version, it went 27 minutes. So um, thanks for joining us in that fancy, swanky hotel room you're in. And um, 
I guess we'll reconvene next week. We're trying to get the video back up, people. We're doing our best. Basically, it's on on this part of the podcast team. So, um, yeah. Got anything else, Jeremy? Anybody else you want to criticize? I mean, pray. I mean, talk about. Michael Elias makes it easy. Like, I might just send him an email and say, hey, Mike, stop making it so easy. You know, he makes it easy. He just he puts himself out there in ways that you don't have to do it. You know, there's people that do it right. Um, you know, I look, I, in all honesty, professionally, I hope he's successful for him. I hope he does a good job for him. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that I, that I have a whole lot of faith it's going to happen. Okay. And I think you got to be careful with anointing players. You got to let other people do it for you and you got to let things happen before you go out there saying good things. Now the Astros um, had some interesting draft picks was the whole point of the conversation. How we started today was they had some interesting picks. Um, Some guys I've been able to see and know what you got out of that, man. I don't know. And I don't expect them to either, but at some point they got to go get some impact. You know, they've had some, the Forrest Whitley's of the world aren't working out and, you know, Tucker took a long time to help, but he's, had to make adjustments away from what that regime was teaching him to become a good player. You know, Bregman's Bregman. Okay. Altuve was here beforehand. We've been down this road. So they have to replenish at some point. So hopefully they're, they're able to do that. And some guys out of this class will help them. On that note, thanks for listening to Extra Bases. Make sure you like, subscribe, let us know what you're thinking, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks, everybody.